Actually, you know, before I get into that, if this is your first time listening to the Move Swiftly podcast, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you. I know you're going to be back for more. To all of my regular listeners, you already know how we get down, man. We have nothing but the best. And in just a few weeks ago, you guys heard from uh, Miss Allison Turner. And I do believe I made a mistake. And I mentioned her being the nonprofit of the year when, in fact, she I think she was a small business person of the year, something like that. I, what I do have is I have the actual person who was the nonprofit of the year in Delray Beach. And last week she corrected me and I went and researched it and I made sure I got it right. So you know, her name is Ms. Deborah Tendrich, and she founded a nonprofit called Eat Better, Live Better, which is right up my alley. You know, you guys know I do a lot of stuff with nonprofits. I'm heavy into fitness and eating right and all those things. And, you know, I met her at a Super Bowl party. And, you know, we just got to talking and it was a lot of synergy. And I went and looked her up and she has so many things that she's accomplished that I'm not going to sit up here and try to give her say all the accomplishments because the intro would be too long so with all that miss deborah tentrich welcome to the move swiftly podcast how are you i'm good thank you good morning great morning great morning great to have you great to have you and you know like i like i mentioned just now in the intro i'm all about i'm all about eating better and living better you know like the name of your nonprofit really strikes a chord with me because i i lost my grandmother to diabetes and my father for a long time had a kidney failure. And a lot of it was because of not doing a lot of the work that you're promoting and making sure that we're putting the right stuff in our body. So what I want to ask you, where I want to kind of start this conversation is what inspired you to create an organization like this that fills such a dynamic need in so many households? I love this question because I feel my story resonates with so many people out there. So I was an obese child and I became an obese adult. And back mm. in 2013, I started working out and eating healthy. I was 27, I think 2000. And um, I ended up losing 70 pounds and reversing my daughter's medical conditions with just food. So mm. after that, I developed a curriculum that's now evidence-based, it's hands-on, fun, interactive, and kids, we've worked with over 10,000 of them to teach them how to eat better and live better, have healthy associations between foods and feelings, and to really just be able to become nutritionally responsible and make better decisions and be aware of the foods they're eating. Additionally, when COVID happened, we developed a grocery assistance program that also puts healthy, nutritious groceries and fresh produce into the hands of families who are experiencing financial hardships. All right. Well, there's there's several things that you just said that I really want you to dive into because I don't want it to just be brushed over. <laughs> okay. 
it, yeah, it was, it was a lot because it, it man, it, it's going to help a lot of people with this. First of all, when you say you had a problem being obese, can you elaborate a little? Because I, I don't think a lot of people, even as a former football player, and we dealt with like some huge fat linemen, you know, guys who diets weren't great, but they would be praised by the coaches because they want to they want to put on weight and stuff like that. But inside they would feel a certain way. So can you talk a little bit about the the challenges that you had when you were obese and, and being an obese child and adult? It, I think it's going to help some people that are probably obese at this moment. Well, you know, my mom was a single mom teacher and fast food and convenience mm. was our life, yeah. which is kind of the story for so many people right now. Yeah, yeah actually, I have a teacher I work with now. She gives her kids McDonald's and all that stuff like every day. So and I, I'm like cringing every time I see it. Well, you know, the thing is with that is I feel teachers have the responsibility to lead by example. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of times when you know, I actually educate teachers and community leaders on how to become nutritious role models for their mm -hmm. community. So even if you're going to eat McDonald's, you don't need to advertise it in the classroom. You Ooh, know, for come instance, on, come on now, come on, <laughs> take them to church. Come on, we man, we are just starting this. Never like you hitting you hitting some people early. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, teammates? This is what I love about this show and the people I meet. God, Lee. And by the way, this happens quite a bit. When people start talking that stuff, I really get excited. I can't, I can't control myself. <laughs> so go ahead. So I love I, the energy. I might catch you up sometimes, only when you're really hitting some, some hard. Catch that. But, Rewind that one back, teammates. Go back. Teachers have a responsibility to not advertise unhealthy things in their classrooms and promote right. that to their children. Most of the time, children are spend, uh, children spend more time with their teacher than they do with their own family. So they learn a lot of these concepts through what they see in school. So I always teach teachers, if you're in school and you decide you're going to eat McDonald's, that's on you. But you should not bring the wrapper with the big M on there into the classroom. You should convert that into a container. So it looks like at least maybe you cooked the burger or it was a healthier mm -hmm. choice instead of yeah. supporting a fast food chain that's known to cause diabetes, heart disease, strokes, cancer, et cetera. So right. um, if you're going to drink anything other than water, put it in a, a non-see-through thermos so the kids can't guess what you're drinking or see that as something other than water. There are some things that even if you're making bad choices, you can show the students that it is not really what it seems because even though it sounds hypocritical but i can't make an adult do me to tell the adults oh i can't remember it, oh, it sounds hypocritical that yeah. you're asking teachers to pretend they're not eating what they are actually eating or consuming but it's their responsibility to inspire kids to live their best lives so if that mm -hmm. includes masking the mcdonald's or the sodas that they're drinking yeah, to show yeah, them healthier options then so be it ultimately i would love the teachers to put the mcdonald's down or not drink mm -hmm. the soda at all but i can't force them so right. in the meantime be nutritionally responsible and inspire these kids and just portray a healthier lifestyle so the kids don't have to see unhealthy food and advertisement mm -hmm. day in and day out right and i i don't i can eat better but every morning I take a run and most of the time the kids see me taking a run and I'm active, I'm running around and things like that. And that, that's why I was really excited to have you on because I knew you were going to give us 
as teachers certain things that we can be doing. And that just the, the idea of taking away the McDonald's logo so they don't think that it's something that they have to do, I think is really, really crucial. It's almost like taking baby steps because as adults, you're right, we do have bad habits and we may have been taught some things that are really poor. Our diet can be crap. And we have to, we have to recognize that we have to set a role model for the young people. And, and what I really want to hear is like how, when you say you were, what, what were the things just so the listeners, what were some examples of how it was tough on you as an obese child or an obese adult? What kinds of things could you not do or were you unable to do? I had a different childhood than most. I was working two jobs at 14, you know, so my, my experiences were different than the average, you know, teenager, but I, you know, I, I was overweight. Sometimes people would ask me if I was pregnant when I was like 14 or Mm. 15, even though I was just overweight. Uh, Mm. Sometimes friendships were more challenging at times. The teachers would treat you differently. Uh, when you're obese uh, mm-hmm. and overweight, they feel like maybe you don't care about yourself as much, so they'll care about another oh, student man. who looks healthier. Man. There's a lot of problems that come with it. I actually personally was never unhappy. I was always happy, even though I was overweight. But mm. once I lost the weight, I actually found new levels of happy, which I didn't know existed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and you find that like it comes from the inside. You know, happiness comes from what's burning on the inside. Man, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. So for me, it was changing and challenging my body to be better Mm -hmm. every single day where I was able to hit milestones almost on a daily basis and be able to praise myself. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Today I was able to run a quarter of a mile. Well, before I couldn't do run across the room, you know? So, wow, look, I just did something new every day. I was able to do something new and give myself credit for it. And before then it was very hard to measure milestones in your life. But I feel that when you're challenging your body and challenging your mind and you make these accomplishments and you're able to acknowledge them on a day-to-day basis it really does something to your psyche it just makes you feel better and positive and change your outlook and find levels of happy you never even knew existed yes actually I had a I I took a health class once when I was a sophomore in college and they were just talking about the idea of taking the steps as opposed to going up the elevator you know if it was only like three floors or something like that take the steps and not go on the elevator like those small victories that you take every day it, it creates such a big result and those, those just little things that you do and the fact that you can get up the steps and then maybe tomorrow we'll do another flight of steps whatever it is just take that step one foot in front of the next that's all it is that's all it is man yeah, that's beautiful they, they always say like if you're watching a show instead of sitting on the couch walk around it you know stand up yeah yeah you know right. you know during the commercial break jog in place there's so many little things that you can do that will just get you moving and what's interesting about that is once you jog in place you then can extend it and i know some people who re- reversed it instead of they sit down and they started off jogging in place during commercial break and now that's when they rest and they actually now jog in place during the show. So they've escalated like their abilities to move to where uh, now they're jogging during the show and just taking the rest during commercial break. So they've mm-hmm. reversed the time and it get and eventually they actually now 
uh, skip commercial breaks and just jog through the whole show. So it, you can do things from inside your home without a gym membership, without being in the heat outside. You can get a jump rope, jump rope during commercial break. There's all these different mm-hmm. ways you can uh, keep your body Sit-ups, moving. Sit-ups, crunches, whatever. Right. Exactly. But, you know, cardio is one of the most important things to do to to really maximize your brain and your heart health and get the blood circulating through your body you really need to to get your heart rate up right now you also you also mentioned your a medical condition that you were able to reverse for your daughter can you kind of elaborate a little bit about what you meant when you said that yeah so my daughter was borderline adhd she has skin rashes stomach aches, and she's headaches, 13 years old now right Almost 13 now. Almost 13. Um, my niece, my yeah. niece is turning 13 in August. So. Oh, very good. What August mm-hmm. August 20th. Uh, yeah, August 20th. Oh man, a 13 year old. Listen, I mean, I'm going crazy. You know, because I remember she was a baby, and it's like now you're going to middle school, and uh, you know how that life is, man. It's as, as the uncle. I'm like, man, the overprotective uncle is like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> 13 years <laughs> exactly oh man so i can only imagine how you feel as a mother <laughs> oh oh yeah oh yeah especially <laughs> when you have a beauty as a child and mm-hmm. you know i've been practicing my swings that's what i'm talking about <laughs> that's what i'm talking about right there you've been training for that mama been training mama been training and that, and yo, that's the thing that really gets me is and i talk to a lot of parents all the time it's like yo you got to be training for those kinds of moments. Even if you don't necessarily want to go run a marathon, when your kids get to that age where it's time to really, really put it in like that, now you got to be, you know, you got to be in shape because they, they, they take on a life of their own. They grow so fast, you know? So that, that's really what I would like, yo, when you say, you know, you were able to reverse her medical condition, there's a lot of people you can help with that. So go ahead. Well, there's, speaking on what you just said, uh, there's a story that i like to share uh, I have a friend years ago, um, I had just started getting into the gym. So maybe 2014, 15, and he was, uh, he actually started getting in shape around the time I did. And he had lost about mm-hmm. 40 pounds. And um, so one day he was working on his house, changing a light fixture outside his home, outside the garage. And he was not the smartest tool, sharpen the sharpest tool of the shed. He used a cedar block to stand on and um, it kind of crumbled because I guess it was already uh, deteriorating. So he was standing on the cedar block, it crumbled and he fell on the cedar block and he couldn't walk. Oh my goodness. So he lives on this street where there's only two houses and there are like a few acres on each house. So um, nobody, there's no through traffic for anyone to see him except for the mailman. And what happened was he saved his own life by, you know, going to the gym, getting enough strength to use his upper body strength to pull himself into the house because of course his phone was on the charger in the kitchen and he had to use his upper body strength to pull himself onto the counter to grab his phone in order to call the police, to call the ambulance, you know, call for help. Well, and this is all upper body, right? So he had to like, right. But he said, well, pull ups, Right. He said if he if this situation happened to him a year and a half prior to him yeah. training and getting healthier and stronger, he would have not been able to pull himself to call for help. And who knows how long he would have been outside. Right. And, you know, and additionally, you have folks who have 
cars that break down and they're stuck with their newborn babies or kids mm. in the back seat and they have to walk for help. Well, you mm. can't have a one-year-old walk two miles. You're going to have to have the other body strength to pick up your child and carry them to, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes for help or, or whatnot. So there's a lot of situations where you just need to be the best you to be able to not only save yourself, but, you know, the folks around you and simple body strength and health can make the difference on those situations. Yeah, that, that's a that's a wonderful story. And I think it, it it correlates a lot with what you mentioned earlier um, when it comes to how you taking care of your family and these unexpected things that just come up and you never know. And to be more preventative when it comes to how you take care of your body. And uh, I really want to, you know, I really want to hear, not just for me, but when you, when you say the medical, can like, what did your, your program do? And then you also mentioned, you know, grocery store lists and things like that. When people work with you or, or they, the, the work that you're doing, how does it help when it comes to the prevention aspect of things, the prevention of diseases, the prevent, and I, you have actually even mentioned, you know, taking away free radicals and things like that, which is another topic that we can really dive into as well. <laughs> how long do we have <laughs> yeah we, oh yeah i forgot to mention so this is the move okay, so, podcast you have right. unlimited time go okay. ahead and do your thing <laughs> i forgot to mention that to you okay so from the beginning do your thing <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that we do with the kids for instance on how we we have a program that teaches kids to eat better and live better. That's how you make changes. People do not understand nutrition or understand why things are good or bad. And if you take it all the way back, people can't actually experience true happiness without food because of how they're trained from the time they're babies. So imagine what happens when you go to the doctor and you get a shot. What do they give you when you're a child? A lollipop. When oh, you do well at geez, school. Man, you are preaching it. Man, that <laughs> is so true. That's what I'm saying. When, they, wow. when you do well in school, they give mm -hmm. you pizza parties, cookies, snacks, treats. When you turn a year old, cake and ice cream. Every good, happy situation in your life revolves around unhealthy food. And mm -hmm. the problem with that is you always associate health, unhealthy foods now with happiness. Now, if you, if McDonald's gave the toy with the salad as a reward for eating healthy, instead of the toy with the happy meal, the psyche for the kids, the way kids would perceive the food would be different. Oh, I'm going to eat the salad. I want the toy. Is this toy this week? Mm -hmm. the, the choices may have actually, the outcome may have been a lot different if they switched that up. Mm -hmm. So you have to realize that it goes way beyond just healthy eating. People are trained to eat unhealthy from the time they're kids and reward with food. Rewarding with food needs to change and people need to start creating uh, healthy activities and uh, uh, I guess recreating these experiences with healthy foods so you'll feel better and create happiness around these healthy foods. So how, how do you combat that? How do you, that that's obviously creates a challenge for the work you're trying to do. What do you do to, to help to, to, to build your, your organization when you know that as a truth, when you know those truths? Well, there's a few things. 
Um, we have to educate people on how to stop rewarding with food. You can reward kids with stickers and activities. Parents can um, offer a movie night or game night. They can do different things. There's different things that are experience related versus food related that you can offer the offer children to retrain their thought process where you don't reward with food and food doesn't ex, doesn't equal happiness. There's also some methods to get kids away from eating these unhealthy foods. For instance, if the kids usually drink a glass of juice with dinner, make them drink a glass of water before you drink the juice. That will mm -hmm. change their palate and get them used to appreciating you know, water versus just something sweet and sugary like a juice. Right. You know, instead of, um, you know, you have to make sure that the plate has at least 50% vegetables so the kids can start learning and appreciating what healthy vegetables taste like. There's many, many different ways that, that parents and teachers in the community can restructure reward systems and and take the food out of it. Hmm. And I, I've also I've also heard that some people will take broccoli and put it in cookies, just to you know, just to get the kids to eat broccoli. And then even like even if you were to eat the broccoli with like instead of chocolate chips, they'll put little pieces of broccoli in it. You probably wouldn't even taste the difference, really. Like it wouldn't even be that big of a deal because there's still a bunch of sugar in it. And that sometimes that's a way of, you know, getting them to, to eat their broccoli. And it, it, I haven't tried it myself, but apparently the people that have tried it and, and told me about it, they said it, it works somewhat because I see it every day. I see it every day when we serve the kids food and they look at the broccoli and none of them touch it. And, and it's, it's sickening to have to see like tubs of broccoli being thrown out every like, it, it, it's sickening to see it, Deborah. Like, if you were if you were working where I was working, you'd probably you'd probably lose you. You'd be cringing so much. And here's the other kicker that gets me that that really bothers me is I have volunteered to donate some of the food. I've been like that person to go to certain shelters. There's actually a a newborn shelter. Like, there's a there's an organization made for single mothers that I've decided I've tried to go donate the food to. And then the corporate people come in and they say, oh, well, we work on a system or we have a, a specific way of doing that. So the food has to be thrown out and you can't don't because it's liability and all that nonsense. So I have to kind of sneak my way around and things like that. So can you can you speak on that tragedy a little bit and, and it just, you know, just kind of go and explain to people a little bit about what, how that can become a real, real problem? Well, here's the biggest problem of why school lunches are the way they are. Mm -hmm. Kids don't see what's familiar to them. So when I go into schools and I ask kids, you know, what is spinach or asparagus, a lot of kids have never tried it. I've had 13-year-olds mm. who've never tasted a real strawberry, only strawberry flavoring. So wow. you're looking at kids right here in Palm Beach County and surrounding areas that have never actually tried healthy foods or fresh produce. You have to wow. understand where they come from. A lot of these neighborhoods are food deserts and there's no grocery mm -hmm. store. Their parents may not have transportation. They have to eat at corner stores or fast food restaurants where they don't really have fresh broccoli. So if there's no fresh wow. broccoli at home and they go to school, that's an unfamiliar food and they're scared to try it. 
So yeah. what, has, what has happened before is uh, school lunch lines have created um, healthy menus with all this fresh and healthy food that the kids wouldn't eat it because they didn't understand it. They didn't, they weren't yeah. used to it. They haven't tried it before. So kids will go hungry. And a lot of kids, their only meals are at school. So they've had struggles with that. So programs like ours, programs like um, that just go in and educate kids about healthy foods and creating these good experiences and fun experiences around healthy foods, taste testing veggies. These are what make the difference and make those healthier choices possible. So for instance, we went to a teen program one day mm-hmm. we brought, they asked us to come and bring like a really healthy spread for uh, an event they were having. No one would touch it. I was begging the kids like, please, please, please. Are you serious? <laughs> and they wouldn't touch it. Half of them never even seen hummus before. Oh my so, goodness. <laughs> right. So, and these are teenagers and I risk teens. And I said, look, let me come and do my program. We did an eight-week program. On the eighth week, we brought in the same exact spread, and the kids devoured it in like 15 minutes, all because we made those foods familiar and understand mm-hmm. the foods they're eating. Education is the biggest equalizer, and we have to really invest in education into the kids and the community as to what healthy looks like. Now, what school was it? It was an aftercare program. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, this one was not actually out of school. This is an aftercare program in West Palm that actually brought, that was, that was over off of Tamarind in uh, West mm-hmm. Palm Beach. So, you know, now how, them- like, well, that's, that's kind of the place where I, uh, like the example I gave you, that's where I work. Um, how would, you know, how would they be able to work with you and, you know, what kinds of, processes do you have to have you come in and speak and because I honestly I think it's something that we all need and if you know I can help in any way or if I can you know reach out to some people what would be the the best way to do that well honestly besides nutrition education my our main focus right now because of the the economic situation people are in right now our prominent focus is the grocery assistance program uh, okay. at the, moment. the reason being is there, I think there was a study that showed that food insufficient homes are 188% higher than it was back in 2019. Mm. So that means so more people are hungry, more people can't afford food with inflation at an all time high in 40 years, people who never needed help before are now needing help financially and can't afford groceries, yet they don't qualify for government assistance because they make a dollar too much to get the assistance, but a dollar too less to afford the food. There's, uh, (laughs) it's putting people in a very tough predicament. Yeah, that's a bind, that's a real bind, that's terrible. Exactly, so, you know, right now, the food crisis we're in is what our main focus is. Uh, That being said, we provide nutrition education and healthy foods simultaneously to the community. Mm-hmm. The families, what happens with them is when they receive groceries, they only receive better quality foods. For instance, oatmeal, mm-hmm. peanut butter, veggies, lentils, dried beans, canned beans, rice, tuna, canned chicken, canned tuna, pasta, um, mm-hmm. marinara sauce, and tons of fresh produce. Yeah. So we're 
providing we're supplementing families for about two weeks, which gives them some peace of mind to know that if they portion their food properly, they'll have something, you know, for a few weeks and they can focus on rebuilding their life, focus on doing homework with their children, focus on caring for their elderly parents, whatever their situation or finding a job even. Mm -hmm. So that's what our main focus is. We're in crisis mode um, right now. Okay. So, well, before I I want to make sure everyone kind of gets to So your grocery assistance program it lasts just for two weeks. Like how do people apply and things like that? So people can go on our website, mm-hmm. which is eatbetterlivebetter.org. Right. And, and this will be, for... I'll include this on the show notes too. I'll, I'll give you a chance at the end to, to plug everything. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. So eatbetterlivebetter.org, or you can even abbreviate eblb.org. They both work. Take you to the same place. If you need grocery assistance, you scroll down. Mm-hmm. And on the homepage, and you fill in a few questions, and we'll contact you and schedule a grocery delivery or pickup. Our deliveries are reserved only for folks who are disabled um, mm. or and do not have transportation. Everyone else is required to come pick up the groceries just because uh, we don't have as many volunteers now to deliver the groceries to out places outside of you know South Palm Beach County. So, right. um we're located in Delray. We do serve the whole county. We serve West Palm, Lake Worth, uh, Wellington, everywhere you could think of. We do serve in Palm Beach County, but mm-hmm. we are requiring if there's transportation, they do pick it up. If they don't, if they're disabled or if there's a situation where, you know, we, they cannot, then we will deliver. Yeah. Now, are they picking it up from, are they picking them up from your office or where yes. they pick it up? Yes, they are picking it up from our office. Great, great. And that's in Delray. Delray, um, we're kind of on the corner of Atlantic and Military Trail uh, in a plaza with the Brooklyn Water Bagels directly across the street from the girls. Um, And we love this place. We really call Delray home. We actually won, back to your point in the beginning, Delray Beach Nonprofit of the Year. Say it to them. (laughs) <laughs> we, Say it to him. She corrected me. So I, I want it on the air. So shout out to Allison, man. Yeah, shout out to Allison. All right. Well, before I let you go, what like just what's so what's next? What's next for Eat Better Live Better? You know, what's coming down the pipeline? What what's kind of gonna be your next move going into you know three, four years down the line? How do you kind of see this thing growing? Well, I'm gonna tell you about 10 days down the line. Oh um, tell it to yeah. Me. I'm working on a petition and uh, working on a bill to change nutrition policies. And one uh, and the bill, the petition that I will be pushing out in about a week for March, which is National Nutrition Month, is mm-hmm. to require warning labels on the front of food packaging with certain ingredients that are known to cause cancer, diabetes, mm. heart disease, et cetera. And a lot of other countries are doing this and it has reduced the consumption. I think that if the cigarettes are required to put a surgeon general warning, then food packaging should too. Some of these ingredients are banned in other countries. And if they got caught using some of these ingredients in other countries, they have jail time or a half a billion dollar fine. Yet here mm. it's purchased at the consumer's risk. Well, if it's a consumer's oh risk, goodness. there should be a warning label on the package to let them know there is a risk involved. Wow, that's amazing. How do people, how can people sign the petition? Well, what I would suggest is that people can um, 
email me or give me a call. The petition will be mm -hmm. live in about 10 days. So they have to sit okay. on their seats waiting for it to happen. But I can also definitely keep you in the loop and you can also help push that out because this is something that would change the whole culture of eating because people will be mm -hmm. aware of what they're eating and have no questions about it. And yeah. on top of that, the comorbidity rate of COVID, this is the perfect time to do it. People are dying from COVID because of three main causes, obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. Mm -hmm. All those are nutrition induced, you know, except for some cases, some special cases, genetics or whatever. But ultimately, even the genetic cases are exacerbated by unhealthy food items. So right. if you look at all the death rates of these comorbidities, obesity, um, diabetes and heart disease, along with cancer, which are also mainly caused by nutrition and what you're eating, then why are we not going to take it more seriously and let people know that the foods you're eating are causing this? And I think right now is the time to go forward with this and really push this initiative mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. people are so, right now people are concerned about their health and wellness and mm -hmm. they're understanding more they're learning more because COVID has brought this to reality if i'm sick i'm yep. gonna die or i'm i have a potential of being on a ventilator because i have heart disease because of the foods i ate mm -hmm. you know i need to lose 80 pounds and the the COVID uh they attack the the cells that of, of of you know harder on the obese and on folks with these these and obviously um, other diseases that are nutrition induced. Proper diets yeah. and being aware will make a world of difference for these folks. Yeah, and you said it perfectly. The timing is, it couldn't be better. I mean, I don't know if you don't get it now after a pandemic, after we've lost so much, so much business after the world shut down, if you don't start taking your health and your nutrition seriously, I, I don't know what else to tell I me. Mean, the world has shut down in many places. It's still shut down in many places. There's still situations in which things aren't open back up. And it's all like she said, because of the lack of care of what you're putting in your body or the lack of, you know, I'm just not going to work out today or just brushing it off to the side as if it's not important. It's important. It's important. It's important. I'm going to say it again. It's important. <laughs> all right. You got to do your part, your part. They should, they should change the name from nutrition label to warning label. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and no, and those is. are the you little know? things though. Those are the little things, you know. I my sister a couple of years ago, my sister, she got an award. This is I, I grew up in Maryland and she got some award. I believe she was working for a nonprofit. It was Metro Teen AIDS. And what they would do is they'd go and they get kids tested for AIDS and make sure they have the proper protection and, you know, do all those little things and little stuff like that about putting warning labels and making sure they know all these little things that we're, we don't even know. Like we'll go to the store and buy some because we're hungry. We very rarely know the label and know what's going on and what, what we're actually putting in our body, but we know we're not hungry anymore and we eat it. You know, that's how, how sly and slick these things can, can be. And that's how quick it can happen. So I'm, I'm really happy that then that please let me know where I can sign or how I can push it or I could spread it because those are those little steps that we need to take that a lot of people don't really pay attention to. So I'm, I'm happy that you're doing that for real. Absolutely. And I feel that um, that in combination with, we also offer a bio, we have a biophotonic scanner that can mm -hmm. quantify. Oh yeah. But yeah. That, you were mentioning that, right? Yeah. Uh, I, we, we want to really utilize this tool 
to help people see their health where they are. So mm-hmm. people can come into our office and we have a biophotonic scanner that will tell you how many antioxidants are built up in your body on a cellular level. Right now, I think this tool is especially important because mm-hmm. it will show you how far you have to go in your health to get optimal health. The more antioxidants in your body, the less free radicals, less oxidative stress, and the healthier mm. you are, the, the less inflammation you have in your body, yeah. the less you will age for all the ladies listening. <laughs> uh, but Uh-oh. you're just an overall healthier person with more antioxidants and less free radicals. And it's yeah. not only the food you eat. This is also the chemicals you put in your hair and on your skin, the chemicals you use to clean. Are you a smoker? Do you drink too much? So there's a lot of other factors. But it, what it does is it shows you where you are and we can give you tips on how to boost your antioxidant scores to give you a, a better health outcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a part of a wellness company named Life Vantage. And that that's everything you just said. That's exactly the direction that we go when it comes to those things. It, it didn't start off. It, it started off as a, a as a company that was it's it's now it's it's a public company. But before it was a private company because they wanted to. They wanted to make sure it was right and that it was lowering oxidative stress. But now it's a public company. I'll send you information on it later. But that that's my point, teammates, is that all of those little things like lowering the oxidative stress, like oxidative stress, for those of you who don't know, is the main is kind of the main cause of a lot of di- uh, a lot of diseases like Alzheimer's and like diabetes and all those kinds of things. And it's important that we know these things as we get up there in age because we're not as active as we were when we were in our teens, right? It's important that we do these things because we need to be around for our teens. We need to leave the world better than we had it. Stop just caring about yourself, all right? Stop it. It, it, It's a bigger world than you. And we can go on a tangent on this. We can go, oh, we can go, man, hours on this specific subject. And I'm just praying that this touches someone that someone's listening in right now that's really going to make the decision now it's something you can oh, be yeah. two days, actually, <laughs> you know, speaking of Alzheimer's, speaking of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. my, one of my friends, Pam, she actually hosts a luncheon, um, a called, a called the brain bowl to help raise money for the Alzheimer's, um, mm-hmm. research. And it's on April 1st, it's called the brain bowl. So if anyone wants to support that, that's amazing. Sure. I should do yep. that. She's a supporter of our charity too. So, you know, our, our, what I like to do, how I run the organization in my life is mm-hmm. you have to be mutually supportive. You don't yes. lose, you don't lose any light by lighting someone else's candle and making the room brighter. So Ooh, <laughs> we are in church today. Come on, Deborah. Man, you're doing it. <laughs> All so right, my bad. Again, like I said, this happens, but go ahead. I didn't mean that to, to, to <laughs> steal your thunder on that one, but go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, collaboration is key and making sure that people who support you are supported back. And so uh, food and all, and, and all that has a relationship with Alzheimer's and all these diseases and mm-hmm. quality of care. The, you know, if you eat healthier, your inflammation is down and the chiropractor's adjustments will last longer. Your heart doctor will be happier. Your internal medicine doctor will be proud of you. You have all Mm -hmm. these ways to prove that eating healthier and living healthier will make you healthier. 
So challenge yes. yourself, set goals, set milestones. They don't have to be big. One small change a week is 52 changes a year, which makes mm-hmm. a big difference. So if you take like these small, no pun intended, bite-sized, you know, changes, then it's a lot easier for some people than doing everything cold turkey and, you know, just in one swoop. Some people need those gradual changes. Some people can take it all in at once and completely restructure their whole life overnight. Not everyone has the capability to do that. And people have to do it the way that works best for them. And another thing that a lot of people do is if they make a mistake, they just give up. They beat themselves up for it. Well, you shouldn't because how many times did you fall when you're learning to walk? And I guarantee you're not crawling anymore. So eventually you ended up learning to walk after and you're probably still falling to this day. <laughs> I still trip and fall. Um, yep. But you know, I did the every, other day. Yeah, count how many times mm-hmm. you've fallen and gotten back up and you're learning to crawl. You can't count. It was too many times to count, but you still learn to walk. That's the same thing yep. about eating healthy and living a healthier lifestyle. You're going to fall. You're going to get a bump bump on the road, but you're still going to try to get back up and keep going. And eventually you'll mm-hmm. learn and you'll walk. Eventually you'll learn and be healthy and live a healthier lifestyle and adapt it. And it'll become more natural your palate will adjust. You will crave healthier foods. You will want to be active. You'll feel better when you're moving and not sitting down mm-hmm. and watching TV. You're going to feel the difference and experience life in a totally different way. Yes, yes. It's funny, actually, because this morning I, I actually spent the night at my aunt's house and I was taking a run and I got back in the house and I saw my cousin. I'm like, Adalia, what's up? Like, I was so energetic and this is like 8 a.m. in the morning. And she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? I was like, hey, that's what, that's what working out early does for you. It gives you that boost, it gives you that, uh, that, boost that you need. Exactly. And I have uh, like, I, I'm like at a 10 on energy from morning yes. to night. You know? Uh, yes, she is. And people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm vegan. I take care of myself. I'm happy. I just want to continually go, go and do better, not just for myself, but for the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I I want to make sure it gets mentioned. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you and your organization? Well, I would like to ask everyone to like us on social media, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. It's Eat Better, Live Better. Uh, We're the logo with the apple. And uh, we would love for you guys to show support and love on on our social media accounts. Uh, if you needed grocery assistance or want to volunteer or get involved, you should give us a call at 561-344-1022. Or you can email us at info at eblb.org. That's info at eblb.org. And also go to our website, eblb.org. Mm-hmm. All in all, whether you want to volunteer, donate food, donate time, donate money, or just even share a post of ours that we post on social media, we're doing some really amazing work. And we're going to be making, a, we're making an impact in a lot of people's lives. And we just gave out our one millionth pound of healthy groceries to the community in January since the pandemic. So we need as much support as possible. We're small but mighty and we're making a huge impact and we want you all to be involved and included in, in the difference we're making. 
Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, Deborah. So I don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of the other shows, but this is the way we cl- I close out all my shows on the Move Swiftly podcast. I want you to use your imagination. I want you to pretend it's you and uh, another, well, let's say it's a single mother who is struggling with three or four kids and she is wanting, she hears what you're saying, but she's saying, look, I don't have the means. I need to get food right now. I, I just, I don't know where to start. I want you to just pretend it's you and her talking in the room and the microphone is yours. Go. We are in this together. Just call us and we will take care of you. If you're struggling with food, it's okay. Everyone goes through it. And right now you're not alone. People of all walks of life are experiencing hardships and it's okay to, to ask for help. People are given two hands for a reason. One, to help themselves up and the other to help the other, to help somebody else up. And we're going to be the one to help you up right now. Mm-mm-mm, that's beautiful. All right, fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. On a Monday, I am waiting. Tuesday, I am fading. Then the phone rings, I hear you And the darkness is a clear view Cause you've come to rescue me Though with you I fall so fast I can hardly catch my breath Tuesday, I am fading into your arms so I can 